you know, there's so many things online now. Uh, we have, in the last several months, obviously so much has moved online because we can't interact really um, much any other way. And there's there's so many offerings. And sometimes you go, why am I going to do one more thing? And in fact, this morning, there were two other things that I was really looking at doing that I would have liked to have done and I couldn't have done both of them because they they conflict and I had already scheduled this and it's like you know what um I and it's a lot of learning and it's got it's got this flavor of when the pandemic first hit and we were first um, staying at home and all this better yourself learn this to accomplish do all those things and it's like uh, back off of that and now there's a lot of um, in the last month there's a lot of learning about racism and anti-racism and whiteness and and those types of things and so there's a lot of those that learn more read this so when it's all excellent and I think it's also necessary to sometimes just be um, because we can get into a frenzy. I can get into, I don't know if I get into a frenzy. I don't know if that's true, but I can get caught up and I don't want to get caught up. I want to be aware. I want to pay attention, but I also want to be connected to where I am. And which is why I thought this, the title this morning, um, where are you right now? Because as you, those of you who've sat with me before know, I throw that into the meditation instructions fairly um, regularly. On Usually most days I'll somewhere plop in, where are you right now? As a reminder of, uh, yeah, where are you? Because uh, so often we're not present. We're not connected to where we are, the mind, whether we're caught up in worry, whether we're caught up in memory, we're caught up in the angst of the world right now, whatever, or sometimes the mind is just meandering, we're just daydreaming. You know, it's not because we're doing this wrong, it's just where the mind gets attached. It's just the stickiness of the mind. And so to take some time to pause and bring yourselves, bring ourselves back to what's happening, really connecting with the the physical um, being, the the connecting to um, the body, the breath, the recognizing what the thoughts are right now is so helpful. And so this is a practice because it's like going to the gym. It's like practicing the piano. It's like doing anything. It's like practicing a language. You have to keep doing it to get more. Um, it becomes more. Uh, natural it becomes second nature I think I think uh, learning a language is a, is a good analogy because there comes a point where you don't have to translate in your head you can just say the sentence um, because it's it's so familiar and I think that's that's where we go with mindfulness practice we don't have to think about where am I right now? Where am I right now? What's, what's the next thing? Is this pleasant? Is this unpleasant? But instead we get to just recognize it as it's happening because we're so attuned to our experience. We're attuned to paying attention. It may take a moment. Sometimes it happens after the fact, but the fact is that we're paying attention. Whereas before, Maybe for the first several years of our lives, we were not paying attention because we're not trained to pay attention. Um, 
So that is what this is about and what the practice is about. And I think it's especially important right now because we're so sensitive. The sensitivity level is heightened because of starting back in February, March with the the pandemic and the, the shelter in place, the safer at home, whatever it was called, where you are the staying in and the unknown and the the destruction of normal. Not that normal actually exists anyway, but the the idea of normal was all of a sudden blown up and now people are scrabbling to get back to normal and it's like, no, there's still no normal. There's still no normal, folks. So how do you deal with those emotions before you start punching people? I mean, there's a whole slew of videos of people freaking out in stores because they have to wear masks. And it's like that response is is not about wearing a mask. There's a hell of a lot more going on inside. And it just explodes in that way because we have this tendency we need to point to something. This is what's wrong. And if you would change this, then I would feel okay. Instead of coming back to what's happening right now and tending to that, this is this is all bypassing. I think the screaming in stores is not spiritual bypassing, but we can do spiritual bypassing. It's some kind of bypassing, but it's not an attention to the actual experience of what's happening. So that's why this practice is so important. And it's important to take this time to pause and to rest and to pay attention and say, oh, there's some anger showing up. There's some fear showing up. How do I tend to that instead of screaming at other people or doing however we act out, whatever our our traditional uh, reactivity is? Because we're all conditioned to respond in different ways based on our upbringing, based on, you know, all these factors of our world. Uh, So we show up differently, but um, we want to get away from that autopilot reactivity and move into a wiser response. How do I show up wisely? And so the the teachings of foundations of mindfulness that the Buddha taught low those 2,600 years ago are incredibly wise. Um, that first that first foundation is breath and body awareness. Slow down, come back to your body. Where are your feet? That's a very that's a that's a that's a question that's a really helpful one. Where are your feet? I used to put my hand in front of my face to stop my brain. I mean, it was literally like physically stopping myself. Oh, okay, stop. Because the mind was just out of control with what if this, that, if only, blah, them, me, I suck, all these, all these things. And so stopping that and coming back and connecting with the body is so important because our emotions are held in different parts of our body. I was talking to a woman yesterday and she was saying she's been through a lot the last couple of months and she's uh, saying she's finally started to recognize that, you know, when she worries about family, it starts, it shows up in her neck. And when she's worried about something else, work and and layoffs, it, it shows up in her belly and other things show up in different parts of the body. If you're not paying attention, those things are going to go right by, but those are clues. 
And instead of like ignoring them, you tend to them and you and you turn towards them with kindness, with gentleness, saying, oh, hello. Of course, this response is here. And you can't help the response. That's the thing. We cannot help what the body reacts, how the body reacts. We can't help these emotions that show up. But what we do get to do is um, uh, treat them differently. We don't just stuff them down. We actually tend to them. And we don't let them drive our behavior. We let them, you know, we say, oh, I see the anger. doesn't mean I have to walk around yelling fuck you at everyone. I do it sometimes in my house, at the TV, or at my phone when I'm reading things that really are like bizarro world. But I don't do it to people on the street because that's not wise speech. And I don't do it to myself, which is also not wise speech. So to really pay attention and tend to the anger that's present or tend to the sadness or the fear or the grief. There's a lot of grief right now. There's a lot of loss. There's a lot of mourning that needs to be happening or that is happening. There's a lot of rage, a lot of rage. So to recognize all those things. Um, and, and, and the second foundation talks about feeling, whether it's pleasant or unpleasant. Notice, oh, this is unpleasant. It's okay. It's okay. Can I turn towards it? And it's pleasant. Yes, you get to feel pleasant too. Of course. You know, sometimes we go into how can I feel happy when the rest of the world is in flames? It's like because that's what's here right now. That's what's here right now. So be with it. Anytime you say no to your experience, you're denying reality. And you never win that fist fight. You never win the fight with reality. You might stuff it down, but it's going to show up somewhere else. Um, and knowing the third foundation is knowing the mind, know when anger is present, know when craving is present, know when it's, when there's some spaciousness, know when it's tight and constricted, really paying attention. You know, where are you right now? What is happening? What is your experience? And you don't get to do that without practice. You don't get to do that without paying attention. One of the, the, the translations of Sati Patana, the Sati Patana Sutta, Sati is being with. It's translated mindfulness, but it's being with. Being with, returning, coming back, I mean, reminding, remembering, and being with. That's what you're doing. You're, you're, you're being with whatever the experience is. Um, knowing what's happening. And then the fourth foundation, the... the uh, um, Mindfulness of the Dhammas, mindfulness of what is. It's um, basically, it's understanding the patterns of the mind, understanding the habits of the mind, and seeing the habits of the mind that lead towards suffering or lead away from suffering. Recognizing those habits of mind that are beneficial and those habits of mind that are not beneficial. So recognizing when you're caught in the hindrances, when you're caught in craving. When you're caught in aversion, when you're caught in restlessness, when you're caught in, in drought, dullness, not, not necessarily sleepiness. This is a, it's a teaching not just about sleepy, but about dullness, that, that, um, that distraction. We can dull our senses in many ways. The, this, this world we live in offers us a, what's that, the, a cornucopia 
of ways to dull our senses. So to recognize when that's happening and um, uh, recognize when there's doubt, you know, that this is, you, know, you can't do this. So recognizing these things and then on the flip side of that, recognizing um, that's the hindrances, but also recognizing when the factors of awakening are present, mindfulness. Oh yeah, I am paying attention. And, and the energy, bringing the energy and the investigation. What is this? Where am I right now? What's going on right now? That is, that is necessary for awakening. So when you're doing that, you're on the path of awakening. And then recognizing when there's joy present. Because it is present and it's not necessarily like dancing. Laddie, I'm so happy. But there's this ease. When you can be with what is, there's an ease there, even if it's unpleasant. I, and if you think about that, it's like, okay, I can, I can hold this. There's an ease which leads to, which moves into happiness, you know, and then, and then you end up with equanimity, steadiness of mind, concentration, the ability to stay present, and then equanimity, which is this balance of, and an appropriate response to whatever shows up. You respond appropriately, you're balanced, you're not knocked over by anything. So that is, that is knowing when those things are, knowing when those things are present. So that's, that's the fourth foundation of mindfulness is really seeing what's present. Um, so you're at ease that, that equanimity is you're at ease with unpleasant, you're at ease with joy. So that's what you're doing. That's this practice. That's why we're, it's so important to cultivate it and, and to pay attention. Because when we don't want to be slaves to our mind. We don't want to be slaves to our mind. I know you all can remember situations where you, after the fact, you go, why the hell did I do that? That's the last thing in the world I wanted to do. But we get caught up. Why did I say that? That was the last, remember, it's like, don't think of elephants, and then all you can think of is elephants. Don't say that, and then it comes out of your mouth. So um, paying attention helps with that. And, and the other thing is um, what's really important in this is the quality of gentleness and kindness. It's so important to be friendly towards your experience. Nowhere in the teachings does the Buddha say, all right, if you beat yourself up, it's going to work out. Because his story is showing that that's not true. Because when he left home to find the meaning of life, basically, or to see how to uh, uh, be free from suffering, be free from this wanting things to be good all the time, part of his practice was this aesthetic practice, which was to deny the body everything, just just thinking that the body was the source of all suffering and living on three grains of rice a day, and he was emaciated and close to death. And you think of those medieval monks who had hair shirts and would, you know, um, beat themselves with whips, and it's like, you know, beating yourself into spiritual awakening, and it's like, it doesn't work. It's kind of perverse, actually. So the Buddha said, nah, that doesn't work because he had it really good and he had it really shitty. And he's like, you know what? Those extremes, not the way. That's why Buddhism is called the middle path, the balance. You treat yourself with kindness. You hold the discomfort. You don't say no to the pain of being a human being. 
but you hold it gently and with kindness. So I want to I want to stress that, especially, you know, as we go through the, this morning together in practice, be gentle, be kind, be gentle, be kind. If your head is going a bazillion miles an hour and you can't stay present for more than a half a breath, be kind. Don't judge. Don't criticize. Make the effort to come back. But be kind. Sometimes you might need to even just go into a heart practice saying, may I be at ease? Or finding some words that are meaningful. May I be held? You know, sometimes even Tonglen is a, is a, is a good practice. And Tonglen is a practice, it's a Tibetan practice, and it's a practice of breathing in the discomfort, whatever it is, and breathing out something that's beneficial. Breathing, like just for example, breathing in the grief and breathing out compassion, or breathing in the, the fear and breathing out safety. Whatever is a meaningful thing. And so it sounds counterintuitive breathing in, but it, it works really well. So you breathe in the difficulty and you breathe out the calm. So whatever flavor the practice takes this morning, I want you to uh, be gentle and be kind. Um, and lastly, I have been on a roll with this book of poems by the older nuns, the elder nuns which is really lovely. So these poems are like over 2,000 years old. It's a collection of poems written by the early Buddhist nuns. Um, and I just want to read a couple of them. The other night in my Dharma class, I read thousands of them, I think. not. It just felt that way. Uh, so this one, and it talks about the path. This talks about the path. Find your true home on the path. Find the path right here in the center of your own heart. If you keep searching in the past and searching in the future, you will search and search, but your searching will never end. That's an invitation to be right here. Where are you right now? If you search in the past and search in the future, you will search and search, but your searching will never end. Because the path is right here in the center of your heart. One more. I asked Patachara, what is the path? Patachara said, just see all thoughts, words, and actions arising all by themselves, not from some imaginary point within. I only partly understood, but I took a seat. As the sun was setting, I saw the endless line of one thing leading to another that had brought me to the cushion that night. As the moon was coming up, I saw the arising and passing away of all things in every direction. As dawn was breaking, wisdom rose in the east and set fire to the long dark night. But don't take my word for it. Set fire to the darkness within. I promise it's like nothing you've ever seen. Just see all thoughts, words, and actions arising by themselves. Just let thoughts be thoughts. Smells be smells. Sounds be sounds. They all have a, a beginning and an end. Everything passes. Just let go. Let go, let go, let go. And stay where you are. Stay with what's right here and let it go when it's done. 
let it go when it's done. So are there any questions before we move into practice? Thank you for visiting Undefended Dharma. These teachings are freely offered. However, if you would like to make a donation to help support the technology that makes these podcasts possible, please visit marystancavage.org backslash support. Thank you.